Welcome to the Dogs Are the Best Friends podcast. I'm Emily. And my best buddy, Flynn, is here too. Hey, dear listener. Welcome to the last episode for 2020. We'll be back on January 11th, but be sure to subscribe, which by the way is free. I found out that some people think it's not. It is. Just subscribe so then you know when we're back. January 11th, 2021. Also, we'll come back with a little bit of a new format. I've been thinking about doing this for a while. I'm going to make it happen for next year. And all that means is add in little mini segments like trivia or news, fun things like that. And of course, we will keep the dog stories. That is our main part and really important. It's a highlight of the week, right? Something positive and happy. I already have six interviews done and they'll be coming out next year. And it's everything from like dogs living a nomad life or a van life and dealing with aggressive dogs. So speaking of trivia, here is a timely one. Which one of these popular Christmas plants are poisonous for dogs? Would it be a poinsettia, a Christmas cactus, mistletoe, amaryllis, or holly? I'll give you the answer at the end of the show. Today's theme is accepting gifts. Our dogs are gifts, and sometimes it might be clear at first, but sometimes it might take a while to figure it out. Now, you heard this guest before. She was on episode 34. She was talking about rescuing dogs and her passion for that. This time, she shares about five of her rescue dogs, and they were all gifts to her and her family. They arrived in different packages and in different ways. Enjoy Cynthia's five short stories. One was a Boston Bull Terrier, and his name was Jack. We named him Jack O'Lantern because, you know, a Boston Bull face. And he had that giant wide smile, and he walked like a crab sideways. <laughs> and he was the love of our lives, um, and my son in particular. It was his dog. And we were living in Connecticut, and we used I used to take my son to this, this is before my daughter was born, to this pet store. It was like our local zoo. I mean, that's kind of pathetic, I know. But I was like, okay, there's fish and birds and dogs and cats. And, you know, he was young. He's four or five. And, and he loved it. And we we went, we went would go like once a week. And there was this Boston Bull the first time we went. Again, a breed I know nothing about. Never had, you know, not madly in love with Bostons. Right. I'm used to mutts, big 50-pound mutts, you know, mixed breeds. Um, and so we go back a second time. And he's still there. So now it's in a week. And, you know, then it's a third time. And he's there now three weeks in a cage, small cage. And I'm like, okay, tell me about this dog. And the place was abhorrent. I mean, it was a filthy, dirty. The vibe was, you know, he's just trying to make money off of these creatures. So Jack was there. And finally, you know, my son kept saying, oh, mom, can we get that dog? He had, we didn't, he didn't have a name then. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. You know, being the tough mom. And of course, he's in the back of my mind. So finally one Saturday, like a month after he'd been living in a cage, and you know what's going to happen to him. I mean, ultimately. So that's why I call this a rescue. (laughs) So I was tough, and it was he was $500. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. This is years ago. Oh, yeah, years ago. And, um, yeah, we're talking 30 years ago. And I, you know, and I was like, and plus, I'm like, there's no need to spend money on a dog. You'd go, let's go rescue one. And so anyway, I, I, oh, my husband and I, we schemed. And I said, said, look, this is my deal. I'm going to walk in. I'm going to throw $300 of cash on the counter. And the owner is um, just going to take it. I'll get the dog. Good deal. Right. 
I walked in, I threw $300 cash on the counter, and the guy said, no deal. (laughs) And I said, fine. And I walked out, went back to the car without the dog, and there was my son and my husband going, I'm not giving the dog. Where is it? And I was like, oh, God, I can't go back in there. (laughs) And there, so I did. Threw the $500 down and said, give me the dog. Then there was Sam, who I got from the Jacksonville Humane Society, which also, they all have stories. My children were young, and we already had a Boston Bull Terrier. Um, But... I, they wanted to see what a humane society was like. I said, all right, let's go to Jacksonville Humane Society. And this was when it was a kill shelter. And I said, it's going to be rough because we're not adopting. Absolutely not in a million years. Don't even give me the eyeballs. No tears. You know, they were little, too. Right. I said, we are not adopting. We have a dog. I'm working. You guys are in school. We can't take care of a dog. Well, we go. Of course, My kids cried all the way home because they were all gorgeous. But we saw this white dog who was all white, about Flynn size. He just sat in this little tiny cage on a second level. And he was big. You know, he's already a year old. Nope, nope. I said, nope, 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 nope. And so we went home. And I mean, all night long, all of us, all three of us were sleepless and I, I just, I all we got up like the crack of dawn, and I said, "Get in the car, let's go. We got to go get him." Because I was worried he was going to be adopted by somebody else. We couldn't stand it. I mean, that instant, you just know. Yeah. So we went back and got him, and Sam was um, the the caretaker of all of us for his whole life. Unfortunately, he only lived till twelve, uh-huh. and he died of cancer, uh-huh. which was awful. But he was. Um, he loved my children as much as he loved me, wow. although he never would sleep on the beds. He'd never sleep on the couch. He would never, he can't, He didn't come trained, mm-hmm. but he, and he had a lot of shenanigans in him. He would, his favorite thing was to dig mud puddles up. And here's this all white dog right. and I have pictures of him and his whole face is black and his feet, are, you know, he had a lot of um, craziness to him, but he was also very proper. Um, and I'll never forget the first day we brought him home. He literally just looked, stared at us f- for like three days. Like, who are you and why am I here? He wasn't wild. He was just, he was always very rock solid. He was the only dog that insisted on living in my car wherever I went. And he, I could leave the hatch open and he would just sit there. I mean, he was so well behaved and just loved, and we just loved him so much. My Sam was a Frisbee catcher like no other dog you've ever seen. And he would jump, you know, like 10 feet tall. He could have been in Frisbee competitions. And I we I took him to the beach at least twice a day, and he would run up and down and chase Frisbees. He actually taught um, my little Herbert how to, how to do Frisbees. And so the two of them, it was there, you know, they loved that more than anything. So, you know, I mean, try something else. And then, of course, Theo was another one. And this is an interesting rescue because, again, it was taking my now little tiny daughter to the mall. But this little tiny beige, I mean, fit in the palm of my hand, fluffy dog, my daughter just immediately chose out of all the 50 that were in there. And she goes, well, I want him. I said, no, no, we're not getting anything. Again, one of those tough mom stories. 
And apparently my children at three years old had me over a barrel. They said total control of me. But anyway, so I said, can't she just hold this little dog so we can get out of here? And they said, no, you can't hold him. And I'm like, why not? And they said, oh, because we're putting him down. And I said, what? It's, I mean, he was tiny. And I said, Charlotte, my daughter was crying. And, you know, what do you mean? And, and they said, he's got floating kneecaps. We can't sell him. And I said, I don't care. <laughs> Suddenly, now I'm on the, I've taken the dog. <laughs> Well, I was horrified. I mean, it was. I said, I'll fix his kneecaps. Long story short, we got little tiny Theophilus, who's named after my, I think, great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, honoring the family. Uh-huh. <laughs> we had him all of his life until you met him. You knew him. But anyway, he never had a kneecap problem, ever. And he was... a. Um, you know, he was a great dog. He was definitely a puppy mill dog. There wasn't, you know, there, he was overbred and definitely had some issues. But so that was, to me, a rescue. Right. And, I mean, we really had to, it took a lot of finagling to have them sell me the dog because they, they really weren't allowed to. Like, right. I had to sign legal papers saying wow. I wouldn't come back. It became an issue for me, you know, at did that. Did they discount? Because they were about to put him down. Um, they did. There was a slight discount. But he was um, incredibly overpriced. <laughs> Herbie, okay. who was um, the border uh, collie mix, he was a year old when I got him. And he, I'd had him madly in love. Everything's going well. You know, he's, he's basically the best dog you could ever adopt. And um, one time, I mean, a year or so later after adopting him, I'm out somewhere and I get on a swing. And I start swinging, and Herbie went wild and chasing me, trying to bite me, trying to... He was doing everything he could to get me off that swing. Wow. Now, it was like a different dog. A whole different dog. And he wasn't trying to hurt me. He just wanted me off that swing. Huh. And it just makes you stop and go, what was that from? Right. And, and the other thing, and this, of course, is, you know, since you didn't raise him, you don't know. And the other thing was uh, he would only he would chase UPS trucks, not any other truck, not any other. Uh, he, if, I mean, if you had brought if you could take 10 different trucks down the road and once the UPS truck goes by, he would go after it. When I saw a UPS truck, I'm like, hang on to Herbie. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> So they all have their quirks, and you have to be patient. I, but I do think that um, rescuing, is particularly the first six months, they you know get to know them and let them be them before. I mean, of course, you're training. You know the the seven major commandments: the sit, stay, lie, lie down. You know all of that. Heal. That's that's really important to work on right away. But um, they need a little space as opposed to a puppy you're raising. Right. You know who's learning your command you well i didn't tell you about bruno that's i can shall i end with this story of one last story because i can't believe i left off bruno so one of the all-time greatest rescues of my life and they're all unique um is bruno so i this was a few years ago actually bruno ended up here for a short time but bruno a friend of mine um 
locally, Vicki Gates, who she sent me a, uh, she's a big dog saver and a rescuer and, and volunteer. And she sent me a picture. Um, she knows I love to rescue dogs. Sent me a picture of this little face, a silky terrier. And um, I don't know. I, I, you've seen, I'd seen a million dogs faces and I was like, no, 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 no. And this one grabbed me. And that's how it works. I swear every time. So he grabbed me and I said, yeah, I want to go. I, yeah, I'll help. It, foster. This was going to be a foster. Oh, okay. No, foster. I, I said, Gee, he's adorable. He's small. He can fit into my pack of three dogs and five cats. So I went to get Bruno up north of our airport, which was quite a drive. And they brought him out to me. My daughter was with me. And um, they brought him out. He was in a cone of shame. And they handed me a bag of medications, like 10 bottles, and um, he was 13 years old. I put him in the car. He was I immediately took off the cone of shame, <laughs> and my daughter held him. And so we brought him home, and he was, immediately went behind the sofa. And respecting him, I let him be there. And I fed him back there and I, and I, you know, I pet him, but I was like, this dog is petrified. And so after 24 hours of that, my dog, I said to my daughter, that's it. I grabbed him. I said, you have no more choices. You're coming to the beach. We, I took him to the beach. We held him. He had never been on a leash. Apparently you could tell he had never seen a beach or the ocean or, and it's from that moment on, everything was discovery. So I took him to the vet and they said, yeah, he's got a lot of issues. And I can't remember now what they were. And, um, and he's probably going to last a month to three months, you know, and here I was fostering and I thought, well, my goal is to keep him happy and comfortable and bring him out of his shell. And three years later he died. And it was wow. just this beautiful story. Wow. He ran our lives. He literally not only came out of his shell, but when Bruno barked, everybody listened. Wow. He was a little tiny silky terrier. First of all, I shaved him clean. He was not a, a show dog to me. I was like, get rid of all this fur because he he was, you know, so and he was so cute. Um, everybody loved Bruno. And he, he did. He ruled the show. He came so far out of his shell. He was like, okay, when are we going to the beach? Okay, where's dinner? Um, you know, so bossy. Oh, so bossy. He slept with me. And when you, that transformation from that first 24 hour period to three years later, plus the vet was like, there's no way he's, he has lived this long when I finally, I did have to put him down, but they were shocked. Yeah. And I said, hey, it was love, love, and more love. Right. Right. And he was, I'm telling you, that dog said, look, I've had a, crappy life for 13 years i'm gonna go as long as i can and see what this good life stuff right, is right. it was a great great success they gave him up because um they just didn't want him anymore because he was old but it turned out so beautifully yeah. and everybody yeah. loved him and my dogs and cats and everybody i've done marriage children and rescued dogs and let me tell you which one i would do over and over again right. I hope you enjoyed her stories. And I think the biggest irony is that we think we're doing dogs a favor when we adopt them or rescue them or take them into our homes, when ultimately, I really feel that we're the ones that are blessed, right? We get the blessings. All right. Are you ready for the trivia answer? Did you know this one? 
Poinsettias get a really bad rap, but it's not deserved. They've done research, Ohio State University. I will link that in the show notes. And you would have to eat, well, your dog would have to eat a ton of leaves to get really sick and die. Now, they could get some tummy aches and stomach upset. You know, if they eat enough, they'll vomit. But it actually gets a much worse rap. And that sap, that white sap that we see, that will help them actually not want to eat it. So get yourself a poinsettia if you want one. They are not as dangerous as everyone seems to think they are. A Christmas cactus is the other one that's not a killer. It will give a stomach ache as well. Now, on the other hand, mistletoe, holly, and amaryllis are very dangerous. And mistletoe is the scariest one of all. So keep those away from your dog, please. As I'm not a vet, please take this with a grain of salt. You should always do your own research and all of those good things that I should tell you to do, right? But I will link to that Ohio State University article. And again, your dog is unique. So they might have different sensitivities that majority of dogs don't have. Use caution, watch your dog. If you're worried about certain things, don't put yourself in that position of having to worry about your dog as well. I wish everyone a happy belated Hanukkah, a Merry Christmas, and a very happy new year. I will be back with you on January 11th, 2021. May the new year bring us some needed hope and changes so that we can be together with our loved ones. Hug your dog for me. I wish you blessings and peace, dear listener. Listener.